Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today, I'm so happy to introduce you to my new young friend. Well, everybody's my young friend these days, but it's... (laughs) Courtney Lohman. She lives in Arizona. And she was so nice to have me on her podcast, which is called Journey of Ruth. Mm -hmm. And so Courtney, would you just tell us a little bit about your family, first of all, and then your ministry? And why did you choose that title for your podcast? If you can remember all those questions, let's start with your family. (laughs) Absolutely. I know I do the same thing. I throw too many questions at once and I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's start with this. Um, Well, first of all, thank you so much for just inviting me on. And I'm very excited to to chat with you. And my family is uh, very energetic and it's me (laughs) and all boys. So I've got got me, I've got my, uh, my husband, my two young boys who are six and three, and then I've got our two male black labs. So (laughs) When, when I write hashtag boy mom, it is very serious, Wow! <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's a, I, I grew up with a lot of boys. So, you know, doing lots of outside stuff and, um, hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, all that kind of stuff. We, we like that around our house. Um, I do have a podcast, the journey of Ruth. Um, my real passion is in discipleship and mentorship. Um, that came from, a really a blessing in my life of having wonderful disciples and mentors in my life and realizing that that was something that a lot of people did not have or grow up with Mm. and wanting to see people connect in that way, knowing that it doesn't matter how old you are, you need someone in your life that's discipling you. I mean, you and I just talked before we pressed record about how you have a discipler and how I have a discipler. And then we have people that we disciple. Mm -hmm. It is so important to have those people that are speaking into your life and that know about you because you've let them in, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of that, that caveat there. You have to let someone in if you're going to let them disciple you. So I started the journey of Ruth to share those people with the world those people that I had been blessed with. And I was like, man, there is so much good wisdom. Every time I sit and have coffee with you, I just want to record it and share it with the world. Right. Right. And so that is why I created that. Um, and journey of Ruth, my husband actually came up with the name. Really? (laughs) I'll give him all the credit. Uh, I had a lot of different names. Um, but I knew that I wanted it to be about discipleship. And he said, well, what about journey of Ruth? And I was like, explain that. It's like, well, you think about Ruth in the Bible and that she put herself in the place of discipleship under Naomi. You know, Naomi tried to send her home and said, go back home to your people and your gods. And she said, no, I want to stay with you and learn about the one true God. So she put herself in discipleship under Naomi, and then that led to her meeting Boaz and then going into the lineage of Jesus. I mean, it ended well for her. Yeah, <laughs> it end. did. I it love did. that romance story. I know. It's so wonderful. And then also Ruth happens to be my middle name. Oh, so it kind I didn't of works perfect. Yes. So. Oh, how sweet. Is your husband a, <laughs> is your husband a pastor? 
He's not. He's okay. not. He is a um, photographer. He is a landscaper. Yeah. Um, he's a hunter. If you really oh. ask him yeah. <laughs> what he's doing, he's an outdoorsman for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and your father, your father though, a pastor. No? Oh yes. My dad. That's was where a I got pastor. the idea. Okay. Yes. Yep. Oh, uh, that's a whole nother podcast to be uh, <laughs> a pastor's child. Um, it is. Well, and that's where yeah. the discipleship came from. Oh, when, when you are the pastor's daughter, a lot of people are going to just offer their mentorship, <laughs> whether you want it or not, whether you want it or uh, not. But I look back and I, I know that my parents did a wonderful job of protecting me from the people who wanted to give their opinions, but uh, maybe didn't need to, mm-hmm. but also allowing and encouraging adults in our church that were wise, um, to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, that had a profound impact on my life now. I'll tell you a, a short, funny story. I used to be a high school counselor okay. and I, I had this mother call me one day and said, would I please call her daughter in and talk to her about such and such? So the mother was hovering oh uh-huh. and I said, uh, you know that I don't have children because I was single. Mm-hmm. Like she was really putting a lot of responsibility on what I could do to magically transform her daughter. And she goes, yeah, but she loves you and she'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, then that's mm-hmm. so true. I had a good relationship with her in the classroom because I was also a teacher. And so after I became a mother of three daughters, I continue to pray, Courtney, that other women will come into their lives. They listen yeah. to me to a certain extent because they're older now and they are wiser and they know too. But <laughs> there are certain topics I do not broach unless mm-hmm. they ask me first. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that the hard way. And um, and I think we're, I think God blesses us abundantly. Obviously, you've been blessed from the very get go yeah. with women who um, were willing to pour them their their wisdom into you. And what a blessing that was to your parents. I bet they were going, yes, somebody else is telling <laughs> Courtney what she needs to hear. Yeah. Now I find it interesting with you being, you're probably in your thirties. I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my late sixties. And, um, but back in the day, we called it discipleship. There was a yeah. beautiful book called Disciplines of a Beautiful Woman by Ann Ortland, which is still mm-hmm. in print. Yes. And uh, we use that term back and forth, discipling. Are you being discipled? Uh, but nowadays, people use the word mentoring. Do you see any difference in the two? You know, that's really interesting. The What I found as I have talked to different groups of people is that mentorship is more widely accepted. Discipleship is scary. Ah. Why is that? I don't know. I haven't quite figured that out, but this is just my thought. Um, mentorship in my, in my mind, I, I read a book called, um, uh, oh gosh, now I can't remember the name of it, but the author is Dana Yeakley and, um, it's a mentorship book and she described, I'm sorry, it's a discipleship book because okay. she described mentorship as teaching someone something or some way of life. So you can have a mentor at work. You can have a mentor teacher who is helping you with a certain subject. Um, but discipleship, the goal there is to help the person become more like Christ and not like you. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. it's, It's amazing to think of that as the description, because in my mind, what that does for me is it actually takes some of the pressure off of me. Sometimes people are like, Oh, I could never disciple someone 
because I don't know enough. I didn't get a degree. Well, guess what? Neither did I not. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a degree, but not in, not in seminary, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, you know, I've never been a lead at a church or anything like that. But the idea here is that I'm not trying to make someone more like me. Right. right. And, and because of that, I can share my shortcomings. I can share where I have made big mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be afraid to hide that because someone's going to learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the whole goal is to point them towards God mm-hmm. and say, here's what the Bible says. And let's study the Bible together. Let's memorize scripture together. Uh, let's definitely pray together. That should always be a part of it. Um, but really focusing on how can we be more like Christ? Not how can you be more like me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the the difference, but do I use the word mentorship more than I use discipleship? Yes, because that people do not tune out when they hear that they tend to like think, oh, discipleship, that's not something I need. Mm-hmm. I, I also like the fact that we can interchange those words or that we use mentorship more nowadays is because those who are not of faith, they understand mentorship they understand the value of mentorship in business mm-hmm. and in the workplace and yeah. when when my kids are working my one of my daughters works um for zillow you know they're all yeah. about they're all about mentorship because they it's kind of a cool thing to be mentored by someone so when i say oh well my yeah. mentor met with me the other day they kind of like wow they're jealous because they want to mentor and of course the main thing my mentor does is pray for me and uh, live life alongside mm-hmm. of me to help me become more like Jesus. But it opens a conversation then with someone yeah. who has no clue who Jesus is and and um, and would hopefully see Jesus in our lives. Right, Courtney? Yeah. Like yeah. what you were saying, we don't need to have this burden that uh, if they meet with me, what if they learn the wrong thing? You know, that they're not going to become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much we could say about about mentoring. It reminds me though of what Oswald Chambers said, which was that we leave an aroma of Christ in the room so that they do not uh, think of us when they leave the room, they think of Jesus. And that would, that's a spiritual thing. You and I both know that only the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit can give off that fragrance in spite of who we are rather than because of who we are. Oh, for sure. I think that it, if you are able to you know, keep your focus on Christ and who God is, then it changes every part of you, right? It changes your speech. It changes your reactions to things. It changes your opinions of others and the world around you. And so you do leave a room differently than if you're going in there, like, you know, with your own self or your own preferences in mind. Um, If you're going in thinking of it, or not even thinking about it, if you're constantly just in com- communication with God, then you're going to go into a room, not even thinking, Oh, I need to leave. I need to leave a good impression. Right. <laughs> it's going to happen. Cause that's God is, is changing you. Yeah. By the way, that book is um, the gentle art of discipling women. Oh, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that someone, I think may have been someone I heard speak. They, they said, well, do you go in a room and, and look around where and and worry about where you're going to sit because you don't know someone. Let's say you go to a women's conference or a Bible study or something, uh-huh. or even church, the church courtyard when we used to go to our church courtyard back in the day, but that <laughs> will happen again. Um, or do you go in and see the woman who has no one sitting by her? And uh, 
that's all about hospitality, but it's all about mentorship as well. And so it's been fun for me to walk in a room and go, well, I already know that person. So I know that person. And those women are already taken care of, you know, mm-hmm. but who is not taken care of? Now, if they're an extreme introvert, they don't necessarily want someone to sit by, but they kind of want one person to acknowledge yeah. that they mean something. And I've made some really fun friends that way because <laughs> I came in and sat next to them because I am a raging extrovert and I can tell you are as well. I am. Um, I know. true. Uh, So speaking of making our lives count, I think it's thrilling to God that someone your age is talking about mentorship. Because when I talk about people go, oh, well, that's just Sue, you know, she's old. Mm -hmm. But someone your age, and I always tell them, look, you know, someone who is older than you, and you know, someone who is younger than you. And so it needs to be going, maybe not simultaneously, depending on how busy we are. But at least, you know, maybe one season, you're being discipled and the next season, you're pouring in to someone's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. But what legacy do you want to pass down to those around you? I mean, I could mm-hmm. guess, but I'd like you to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it, there are so many facets. Cause I think, you know, I think about the people that, um, you know, listen to the podcast or the people that are in Bible studies that I teach, but then there's also my children <laughs> and, uh, my friends. Uh, so I think that my goal in life is to be that there was one day I was driving down the road and I was trying to make a life decision, you know, a direction. And, um, I was telling God all of the things that I could do well Mm. in this, this direction. I used to be a high school teacher. So yes. So we have that in common. So, um, but I was trying to decide if I was going to stay at home with my kids or if I was going to continue to teach school. And so I was telling God all of the things I could do really well and how I could continue to make a difference in the lives of these high school kids Mm -hmm. Uh, because I loved my job, loved it. And he said, well, that's great, but whose kingdom are you going to build Mm. yours or mine? And I was like, Okay, well, fine then. If you have to win that way, uh, <laughs> and well, explain, explain that a little bit for those who are not well versed in kingdom, I don't know, phraseology. What do you What do you think Jesus was really saying to you? Yeah, it has actually taken me some time. I mean, I've been in oh. church every day, but it's taken me some time to unpack that and say, what does that look like? What do you mean? Um, and what I have come to is this: I think that the legacy that I want, when people look back on my life, I want them to say, she loved Jesus. She loved his word and she loved others. And so in turn, she chose to teach people to love Jesus, to love his word and to love others. And that's what I want to see in my boys. I mean, I pray for them. I pray as, as men, that they would be men who love Jesus, who are humble who love others above themselves um, and whatever that looks like. I mean, I don't know. Uh, They can be athletes. They can be teachers. They can be uh, pastors or missionaries, whatever hunters. They can be hunters. Oh, they're going to be hunters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I can can hear, hear someone's wheels turning right now as they're listening to you and thinking, well, you could have stayed a high school teacher and done those three things. I I did a lot of those things. Yes. But, but, he was but, calling you to stay home with your kids. Is that what, and that's what I think you're going to say? That, yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, I was spending 60 hours a week at the school. Ah. Um, and uh, I loved that. 
it was wonderful. When we were dating, my husband would just come to the school and hang out with me there because I was just always there doing a musical. I was a choir teacher. So there were performances after school and Mm -hmm. after school choirs. And, and I just knew that I needed to step away and either for a short time, just be mom or I needed to reinvent how this whole choir teacher thing looked. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be mom and work 60 hours a week. Plus I didn't necessarily make enough as a mom or I'm sorry, not as As a a teacher, as a teacher, I get that to war. Yes. To warrant, uh, paying for childcare. So it made sense for us, for me to stay home. Now I do work from home. I teach private voice and piano lessons here at the house, but what it has allowed me to do is to be home with my boys. And during the pandemic, we are now homeschooling for this year. We'll see what happens next year. We're not committed to it for forever. Um, I am a secondary teacher, <laughs> not primary. People are like, oh, homeschooling should be easy. You have a degree. I'm like, totally different. Secondary education, people. But right. no, I think that it was just important for me and the right choice for us for me to come home and work from home. Um, I made more money, I saw my family more. And it, what it led to was me realizing that discipleship was God's call on my life. Mm. Um, and it led to the creation or to me leading Bible studies at church and then to the creation of the podcast. I can just see God's, you know, provision and providence in all of that. But yeah, it took us taking a big step of faith Mm -hmm. in me staying home. I bet your husband was, your husband had some input in that as well. He did. Um, he was at home as a <clears throat> photographer. Oh yeah. And uh for the first 6 months and then he was like this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> it meant we were both home with the newborn both running businesses yeah. out of the house. Um too hard. That was an adjustment. Uh, but <laughs> we, so we did that whole thing that everyone just did during the pandemic. Yeah. We're we did used that to it. Yeah. Years ago, years yeah. Ago, yeah. Um and so <clears throat> but that led him to like search for what God actually wanted him to do. Mm. So my kind of following God in faith led him to um, kind of break out of what he was already doing and has led him on some interesting paths as well. I remember after I had taught, I had taught high school for two years and I um, was kind of bored. I loved the students, but I was Mm. bored with my material a little bit. And, and, um, I started meeting with some juniors that I'd had as freshmen. That's in my little book, mentoring. That's how it started. Only I called it discipleship. And I just met with them for three months. And then I taught them how to meet with freshman girls for three months Mm -hmm. after that. Okay. And I got so excited about teaching then again, because of the mentoring uh, aspect of it. And, um, and God just flourished, you know, flourished in my life as a result. And I just heard, um, a Bible teacher say the other day that you don't learn something when you read it or when you write about it or when you hear it, you learn something when you give it away. And oh. so it's really to our advantage that we disciple someone else because then the material is actually getting through our minds and hearts. And I know you know this yeah. in a very real way. Well, what uh, counsel would you give or wisdom or advice really to someone else who's perhaps feeling in the crossroads of making a tough decision like that on what kind of legacy they really want to 
mm-hmm. to lead. Can you offer anything that would be of help? Oh gosh. I would say, first of all, it's allow it to be a process. Mm. Um, don't like start, put that on your prayer list and expect it to be like figured out. I'm, I mean, mine took my, my oldest is six years old. So I probably took five years to really kind of narrow down wow. finally what direction, you know, like the purpose. Now, did I see bits and pieces of it in the last, you know, five years? Yes. Um, but it took five years of things developing to figure that out. Hmm. Um, so, so don't rush, last, don't rush it is what you're trying to say. Don't rush it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say stay in prayer about it. Um, read books or listen to books. That's a, that's a, not a war, but a discussion in our household. I read books. My husband is solely, uh, audio books, um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. So read or listen to books, um, or podcasts that, um, are talking about the things that you love. Um, cause that can really inspire you. I also think that discipleship shocker, you knew that I was going to throw that in there. Um, uh, <laughs> I think that some of the women that God placed in my life right about the time that I had my oldest are some of the ladies that I wouldn't have ever thought that I'd be teaching a young mom's Bible study, mm-hmm. but they came to me and said, Hey, we have a young mom's Bible study. Would you be interested in leading it? Wow. And I was like, Oh, um, sure. Hey, by the way, I'm three months pregnant with my second. <laughs> And it's supposed to start two weeks after his due date. And so, uh, I, but I did it anyway. I did it with him strapped to my chest (laughs) for the first time. And I was partnered with another woman that really encouraged me. So placing those women around you that are going to look at you and going to look at the gifts that God has given you and recognize those and encourage you in those directions that almost helped me as much as me doing my own search, um, helped me to see things that God had put in me that, uh, that I couldn't see from the inside. Other yeah. people saw it within me. Um, so that is one big thing I would say is find someone that can disciple you. And that can be a hard process. I know like that's man, that's so hard. Uh, when you're like, okay, I fine, Courtney, that's great. I have a, I want to get a discipler. Where do I even start? Um, that was my next question. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) There we go. We're on the same wavelength. Um, and I got that question so many times that I actually created a process to work through and Mm. I call it the play process. Um, it's an acronym P L A A for pray, look, ask and act. Uh, you can go to my website, journey of Ruth slash download. Okay. And, um, I think it's on the, uh, on the front screen as well. So you Wait, can like, you can send that to me and then I'll put it in show notes. So people perfect. don't have to write it down. Cause some people are just jogging right now or are in their car. That's right. But, yeah. Uh, we need something to act on. Uh, and I like it that you included that in your acronym. Um, yeah. And I have asked the wrong person sometimes. So it's not like something that's held in cement. You don't have to worry about making a mistake. You just have to back out of it gracefully. 
Well, you know, <laughs> and that's I've actually too fast. Right. And that's actually on there is what happens if you find someone that you think you want to mentor you mm -hmm. and they say, no, it's like, mm -hmm. it's fine. Mm -hmm. And so what in the first, uh, first step, uh, of, uh, well, praying is, you know, praying over what you would like to find, but looking is make a list of people, not just one person, hmm. but you're going to make a list of people. And then asking is not, Hey, will you be my disciple or will you mentor me? It's actually ask them to coffee. Yeah. Like just ask them to coffee because you may sit down and have coffee with them and realize that this person is actually not that you just get that mm -hmm. vibe. It's not, yeah. you're not clicking. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe they're too, obviously too busy. Mm -hmm. Don't let that always like keep you from asking though, because sometimes we think people are too busy. Let them decide that they're too busy, not mm -hmm. you. Um, and then if you really are, are vibing with that person, that's the act, mm -hmm. right? But if they say no, go back to that list and repeat the process. Uh, because yeah, you're right. Sometimes you're going to ask someone, they're like, I just don't have time. I wish I could, but I just mm -hmm. don't have time for that. And that's nothing against you. It's, you know, just where they're at in life. So and often when people have asked me, I'll say, I'll, let's just meet one time and we'll go from there. Yeah. And that gives them hope that they weren't, they don't get embarrassed that they asked me and like, I'm, I'm, I know personally, I'm too busy to bring in one more person on a regular basis, mm -hmm. but I'll say, is it okay if we meet once a quarter and you just text me and we'll meet for coffee? And they are thrilled with that because they're busy with three kids homeschooling or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. it can't, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Well, this has been a wonderful, wonderful time talking with you, Courtney. Do you yes, have it has. Uh, last words that I didn't allow you to say because I was <laughs> talking too much? <laughs> no, you know, I think it's important to just have that community around you, mm -hmm. right? We were created for community, especially 2020 has taken some of that community away. But if anything, what it has allowed me to see is it's taken the noise out um, that we can, because we can fill ourselves with a lot of, of, um, events and activities and relationships that don't hold much weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but what are important are the ones that stick, the ones that are honest and the ones that are like deep, deeper level. They're not surface level relationships. The deeper level ones are the ones that are really going to add to our lives. So I would say for sure, find that person that can walk alongside you, um, and walk with you in that stick with your Bible reading, learn to love God and learn to love his word. Hmm. I can just hear Naomi right now going, Oh, go, you go <laughs> because she, she, like you said, she said, I don't really want you to come with me, Ruth. And this goes, I'm coming anyway. Right. And sometimes we need to be that way. Well, thank you. This mm. has been a delight. God bless you and your wonderful kids. And we're going to send you. every, and your husband, and we'll send um, everybody over to your great uh, podcast, Journey of Ruth. Thank and you. if you want to hear about hospitality, I'm on there too. Yes, so, you are. <laughs> thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Until next time, think about your legacy the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.